Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for the David Carrier Show. Hello and welcome to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. And you have found the place where we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate, and business law. So give us a call, why don't you? 616. 674-2424. 774-2424. That's 616-774-2424. We'll get your question, comment, or concern on the air. And um, I think we'll do it for free this week. How about that? I'm not even going to charge you for it. Well, questions about estate planning. That's that wills, trusts, and probate. You know, everyone wondering what's, uh, oh, it's a good thing to do is to avoid probate. Why is that a great idea? Give us a call. I will tell you. Uh, elder law, okay, that has to do with that teeny tiny little bitty part of estate planning that has to do with you uh, while you're alive. It always seems to me, um, I don't even know what you want to call it, funny that uh, that folks who, um, you know, plan for after death, but we haven't figured out how to get there yet. And we live in an environment right now where the lowest estimate of people needing long-term care comes from the National Institutes of Health, which is about 70%. And by long-term care, skilled care is what they say. Skilled care is uh, average of three years and uh, 20% need it for five years or more. Now, it's not all nursing home care. It's not all residential. You got to be in a long-term care facility stuff. I want to be very clear about that. But you will need that care, 70%. Now you say, well, I'm we're part of the we're part of the thirty percent. You say, well, yeah, but here's the here's the thing with that. This is at age sixty five. So if you're sixty five, seventy percent of folks alive at sixty five uh, will need the care. But you know something? By the time you get to be seventy, eighty, a lot of those people are already gone, and so the percentage uh, the percentage goes up. I know no math, <laughs> no math this early in the morning. Please stop. Uh, but anyway, that's the that's the real deal, and. Uh, we're we're trying very hard to make it uh, make it possible for more people to plan ahead for this. Uh, we w- really want to get the long term care coverage that's available through your tax dollars at work, right? We want to make that as available as income, and by that I mean Social Security, right? I mean right now, who doesn't get Social Security? Well, you got to work and all that, um, or have a spouse that did, and so now you get your Social Security, and nobody argues about that. Or should. I mean, I know people still try to stir the pot and try to pretend that there's some people who are actually against Social Security. Uh, but I mean, by now, everybody knows what bunkum that is. So there's that. And then there's Medicare, of course, uh, which provides for your health care. Well, nobody, nobody wants a financial statement from you when it's time to get your knee replaced or you have a broken hip or something like that. They don't say, oh, sorry, you've got too much money. Come back and see us later. But they do that with the long-term care. See, and what we're trying to do, what we are doing uh, for lots and lots of families, thousands of families, uh, is we're making sure that 
irrelevant consideration should not become relevant. That's the deal. Uh, that's what the elder law is all about. And uh, don't you believe the spend down stuff? Don't be, don't be buying into that, please. Uh, or if you have a question, better yet, better yet. Um, if you have a question about it, give us a shout, 616-774-2424. We also deal with real estate and uh, business law. More areas where misconceptions, repeated bad advice. Um, you know, is it fair to call it laziness? I don't know. Uh, but people tend to repeat the same old thing over and over again. By that, I mean uh, attorneys tend to, accountants tend to. Um, not everyone all the time, but you do, you do see uh, repeated bad advice over and over again when there's better advice out there. There's better things that you can, uh, that you can do. The more you dig into it, uh, in compliance with the rules. See, this is all about following the rules. That's what we're, that's what we're trying to do here. Um, that's what we are doing here is following the rules because there's plenty of opportunity within the rules. For you to do just fine. You don't have to go outside the rules. Um, and, and that's what happens, you know. See, the, the, most people who get in trouble with IRS or all the rest of this, most people who get in trouble with these folks could have done the same thing following the rules, okay? If they followed the rules, they'd have gotten the same results. But they don't follow the rules because they don't know what the rules are. They think the rules are so oppressive and shouldn't apply and all the rest of this stuff that, that, they go ahead and they break the law, violate the rules, uh, and didn't have to. Are you with me on this? I mean, it's a, it's a very, um, what do you want to say? Very disturbing, very unfortunate reality that people do um, violate the rules when they could have complied with them easily. Or if not easily, you could have complied, you could have gotten there. Uh, there's a good friend of mine from the military who uh, went to work for the IRS as a as a prosecutor, and I remember him telling me once upon a time this was <laughs> probably 20 years ago. He's like, you know, he goes the the most of the people he goes most of the people I put in jail, and he was doing criminal prosecutions at the time for the uh, Internal Revenue Service. He goes most of the most of the people I put in jail could have done it, could have. Could have done the same thing. Could have gotten the same result, or very close to the same result. Legally, they could have done it. And you see, that's it's like there's ways to do this stuff, okay, in compliance with the rules, so you don't go broke. Okay, there really are there really are ways to do it. And so often you see the the fly by nighters. You know, it's 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 terrible. Like right now, the uh, the big thing. I don't know if you if you uh, um, if you keep up on this stuff at all, uh, but it's the um, you may have seen these things. Get twenty six thousand dollars per employee, okay? Um, you know, and it's on the various uh, TV and radio and stuff like this. The earned income tax credit. Excuse me, the employee retention. That's a different one. The <laughs> so many credits. I'm mixing them up. It's the employee retention tax credit, okay? Now, there's ways to do the employee retention tax credit. And, I'll, and when we get back, I'll, I'll explain what that's all about. Um, but the point is, I've become familiar in the last six months or so with various 
uh, folks who are either pushing it, you know, as something you should do as an employer. If you, this is during a, it's a COVID thing during the, during the COVID for small businesses. And you have a lot of people who are out there now pushing uh, folks to do the ERC, ERTC, however you want to call it. And I think that's a great idea. I think it's really important uh, to do. I'm involved in it, full disclosure. Um, a buddy of mine set up, uh, he and I set up a national law firm to, to process these cases. But the thing is now I see how other people are doing it. And it's like, number one, you, there's a lot of CPAs out there, and it's not just CPAs, taxpayers, lawyers, everybody else, giving really terrible advice as because they didn't read they didn't read the whole thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, you think you think to yourself, how in the world can this be? How can you have people just giving advice without even reading the law? But you've got that, and then folks who are processing these cases, right? And they're not even they're not even doing the barest due diligence on it. It's like what? what? It's like setting a minefield, you know, that you on the on the way to school or something. You're gonna walk down it, you know, tomorrow, and 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 it just blows your mind. But anyway, the the point is with the like with the ERC, and I'll I'll talk about this on the next thing. Uh, oh, and by the way, if you're bored by this because you've already seen too much. Uh, employee retention tax credit or it doesn't have anything to do with you, right? It's a real easy way to, to distract me, put me down a different path of interest. And the way to do that is call 616-774-2424. Give us a call. I'm more than happy to uh, talk about anything that you would like to discuss if, uh, if you don't find this stuff uh, interesting. So you're listening to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. Uh, oh, here we go. But then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong. And I grew strong. And I learned how to get along. And so you're back from out of space. This is the David Carrier Show on News Radio Wood 1300. And 106.9 FM. Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. And I like to think we are sort of a family around here. People uh, people listening. So 616-774-2424. 616-774-2424. That gets you to the studio. Uh, you can always drop me an email. Love to get email. David at DavidCarrierLaw.com. How easy is it? How simple is that? Huh? Easy, simple. Uh, or just go to the website, davidcarrierlaw.com, and you can find out about our workshops, what new things we're doing. We're doing some pretty interesting, uh, well, it's interesting to me anyway, interesting things uh, in terms of making a lot of this stuff more affordable, estate planning and what have you. It's a new initiative that, we, uh, uh, that we're just starting now to... Uh, uh, leave no family behind. I mean, if you want to get this done, and I'm talking about the high-end planning that we've always done, uh, but at a much more reasonable cost, much more reasonable, much more, uh, I don't know what you want, accessible cost, you know, and we're, we're, not, we're not limiting it to anybody. I mean, it's like, hey, you can do it like this, you can do it like that. 
different options. That's the that's the key. Um, just give us a call about that. That'd be fine. But what I'm talking about this morning is the employee retention tax credit. Employee retention tax credit. This was a COVID pandemic program that involved is one more of these shovel the money out the door as fast as you can and see what happens uh, programs. But unlike a lot of them, a lot of the programs that uh, uh, that are still out there, I mean, there's still billions of dollars that local governments have that they haven't spent yet. Uh, and they're trying to figure out how to spend it and all that. But this was a program, um, I kind of like it, frankly, because it was it's right in the name. It's about em retaining employees. If you remember back then, back in the day, way back then, um, with the COVID, uh, what we were afraid of, what the government was afraid of, was that people would get laid off, that employers would say, look, if you can't come to work, if I've got to mask up everybody, if I've got to socially distance, all these things that are just wrecking my business, I and there's no money and everybody's sheltering in place, right? Then I can't keep the business going. If I can't keep the business going, I can't pay people. If I got no money going in, coming in, there can't be any money going, going out. See, that was the that was the problem. The immediate answer to that was the paycheck protection program. These were those loans. Okay, so that helped. But then after that, and that was kind of a shot in the arm, but after that, there was this in addition to this. Okay, so they're not, see, some people think that if you got one, you can't get the other. You can get both. That's not, that's not the issue. You have to balance. You can't double dip. That's right. You can't double dip. But you can get both. Although originally the law said you had to choose. That was over and done within months. And you can get both. It's just a matter of uh, just a matter of uh, not double dipping. Okay. So the idea here, anyway, was if you're a small business, okay, you're a small business, and you got whacked so that your revenue went down. Okay, the amount of money that you brought in went down by fifty percent. This is in the first year. Um, then they would give you five thousand up to five thousand dollars per employee. Okay. This was in 2020, $5,000 per employee that you had on the payroll, right? And that would be 50% of what you paid them. Okay, so think about this. If you're an employer, federal government says, hey, guy, if you kept these people on, if you keep them on, we'll spot you 50% of what you're paying them after the PPP. Take care of the, forget about that. You know, we're not double dipping. Uh, but if you went, dug in your pocket and your revenue was down, the amount of money you had coming in was down, but you kept your people on the payroll, right? Then we'll give you 50% of what you paid them to a maximum of $5,000 for the whole year per person. All right. And I am grossly oversimplifying the rules. Okay. So don't call me up and say, wow, you know, it's quarter by quarter. Yeah, I know. I know. And I didn't say that you add in healthcare benefits and the other expenses. Yeah, I didn't say any of that. I know, I know. But let's just try to get the big picture here, okay? So it was $5,000 per employee that you kept on, even though your business was down significantly, half of the, uh, half of the, uh, uh, half of revenue, you know? So if revenue was, you know, plummeted, boom, then you could get, 
$5,000 per employee. Well, that's wonderful, huh? That's, that's pretty good. And then in, it wasn't working because people, it was too complex. People didn't quite understand it uh, and all the rest. And it wasn't that much money anyway. So people weren't applying for it. And then the government said, okay. And, and at the same time, what you had happening was what they feared, which was people were getting laid off. See, if you're laid off or were laid off during the uh, pandemic, what did you do next? Well, you went to the unemployment office. Holy cow. The unemployment office wasn't set up to deal with all these people, you see? And so you had not enough money in the unemployment system, and you had uh, methods and practices in the unemployment insurance agencies that could not cope with all the people who were showing up. So they said, okay, we're going to make it better. We'll make it 70% per quarter. So in 2021, the idea was you could get $7,000 per employee per quarter, for four quarters, all four quarters. Now they cut that back. They said, nah, forget about the fourth quarter. We'll just do it the first three quarters. Okay, fine. So now it's $21,000 more in 2021. If your revenue was down, not by 50%, which is what they said, 2020, but by 20%. So if you were bringing in 20% less money in 2021, and you still kept your folks on, still kept them on, okay, then you could get $7,000 per employee, all right, $7,000 per employee, um, so long as that was 70% of what you paid, okay? So before it was, we'll pay you half over three quarters, maximum of 5,000. And now we're going to do, um, now we're going to change it. So it'll be, it'll be a little bit different. So it'll be $7,000 per, um, per person, 70% of what you would have, of what you actually paid them. So, so this is the thing with, uh, with the ERTC, right? You had to keep your people employed, right? You had to. Keep it going, even though you had significant reductions in income, even though you're taking in less money, right? And not, I said income, I meant revenue, gross receipts, the money that showed up, the money that came in the door, okay? If you got less money coming in the door, okay, less money coming in the door, then you, um, uh, you would qualify. Now, everybody knows this. Okay, everybody gets the CPAs get it. Everybody gets the idea that if your revenue was down, then you're entitled, right? Then the government will help. Will say, "At a boy, you kept the people on. At a girl, at a whoever, good for you. You kept your people on, so we're going to help out with that because we wanted you to keep the people on. All right, that was a good thing that you kept everybody employed, so we didn't have to worry about the." unemployment and and the labor force stayed together and your business stayed open and you did all these good things that we wanted you to do so we'll help you out that's the whole idea behind the ERTC okay when we get back I'll tell you the part that nobody seems to get very few people seem to get and how it's a salvation nowadays for an awful lot of small businesses that's what I find Give us a call, why don't you? 616-774-2424. You're listening to The David Carrier Show.
David's Perkin and working and taking your calls now. This is the David Carrier Show. Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. And you have found the place where we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate, and business law. Plus, just about anything else you want to talk about, if you give me a call at 616-774-2424. Of course, you can always drop us an email, david at davidcarrierlaw.com. And what else? Uh, how else can you get hold of? Oh, yeah, you could go to the website, davidcarrierlaw.com. Do that. Or you could call the office directly. Uh, if you want to uh, do that, too. 616-361-8400. 616-361-8400 if you want to call direct. And if you're uh, driving by the East Belt Line, yes, we're the building with the old car out front. And I know that it's uh, bad weather for driving old cars around, but there you go. It's under it's under cover. I get a lot of hassle for that. You know what I mean? A lot of, uh, a lot of other folks are, hey, how can you leave that old car out there all, all winter long? And the answer is I start it up every once in a while. Keep the uh, keep the oil moving around in there, and uh, like that. But you know something, no one would know where the heck I am if I didn't park it out there. And it's under it's under cover, you know. It's under a it's under a, what they call a corsier. I'm probably probably not how you say it, but anyway, uh, yeah, we're the ones with the blue and white uh, '56 station wagon. So if you're wondering where we are, that's where we are. You can always so so you can call us, you can email us. Or you can just walk on by and say, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, let's drop off a message. There you go. Anyway, um, what were we? Uh, oh, yeah. If you have a question, comment, or concern, give us a call, 616-774-2424. And just to show you the breadth, the breadth, the uh, the, the wide-ranging wide uh, questions that we answer, we did get a call uh, from Linda who wanted to know what the income cutoff was uh, for her uh, husband, elderly husband, uh, for food stamps this year. And the answer is $3,052 a month, which I didn't have to research at all because I knew it right off the top of my head. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Anyway, if, you're, and if your income is more than $3,052 a month and you're older, meaning above 60, that's a, that's a sobering thought, isn't it? Um, <laughs> don't you love being elderly? It's wonderful. Anyway, uh, if you got more than, uh, if you're older than 60, <clears throat> and he's on Medicare, so he must be, unless he's disabled, in which case maybe he's not. But anyway, if you're over 60, there are some other tests. If, even if you have more than 3,000 a month coming in, <clears throat> there are some other tests, net income tests and asset tests that can be used to determine your eligibility for the, uh, the SNAP benefits, also known as, uh, commonly known as food stamps. So there you go. You see, see how, what, how helpful we can be. Isn't that helpful? You betcha it is. So um, what we're talking about today is the ERTC, or, uh, the Employee Retention Tax Credit. And this only applies to you, you know, this is only a direct benefit to you um, if you're running a business or if you were running a business or if you bought a business that was running uh, during 2020, 2021. Uh, but I think it's important to, I think it's important everyone should know about it. Like, Maybe you know somebody who is running a business because most of this money got left on the table. You know, uh, California vacuumed up hundreds of billions of your tax dollars for what? You know, I mean, read some of the stories about what they're doing in California. It's insane. 
okay? But you're paying for that. And I mean, just look around you. I mean, look at what they're spending your tax money on. Nutty stuff. And so my thought is that if some of those tax dollars can go to the small business owners who kept businesses going, who kept their neighbors employed during the pandemic, and now they're getting whacked with inflation, right? And recession and every other craziness. Well, what's so bad about them, you know, getting a little bit of their taxes back? That's the point. You see, it's a tax credit, it's a refundable tax credit. So they give you back the money that you paid in plus. Okay, so it's a it's a great benefit if you are a if you're a small business owner, right? It, it is. I mean, it's just. But here's the thing: your business there's two tests. The first is, did your business go down? Well, that's not really what it. I mean, that's what everybody says, but that's not really what it is. It's did the amount of money that you took in go down by a certain amount? Now, if it did, slam dunk, easy, you qualify, boom, done, no problem. Even the CPAs know about that. And I apologize to all CPAs in the audience because I'm going to slam you live. Um, but when you do it on the numbers, you're fine. What the law actually says, though, is that the reduction is not only based on that. It could be based on that. If you, if you pass that test, you pass. But there's another test that's just as good, just as effective. The thing is, most people... Um, <laughs> we've got our food stamp person on the line. Um, I tell you what, if, if, if you just want to find out what, what, I have to tell you, I, I looked at, I, I said, I knew it off the top of my head. I didn't. I actually looked at, <laughs> I actually looked it up. So if somebody wants to get in an, in a, a in-depth discussion about food stamps, I'm not the guy. All right. If you want a particular question, I'll find out. I'll get you the answer. Um, but, uh, but I really, I'm, I'm really not qualified to discuss that, uh, in depth. You want to talk about Medicaid? Fine. ERTC? Fine. You want to talk about, uh, there's a whole lot of other things we can, we can talk about and I can, uh, uh you know, I'll give you a snappy answer. Um, but food stamps aren't one of them, but if you do, but Linda, if you do have a specific question, just leave it with Shelby. Uh, she'll get it to me and I'll, I'll pass that on to you. Okay. I'll look it up. for you. All right. There you go. So. Here's the deal with the ERTC, the second test, the one that everybody has ignored is what it looks like. Uh, and the one that's not being applied correctly, in my opinion. And that is what the law says is if you had a full, full or partial suspension of a line of business, then you qualify full or partial suspension, even though, even though your um, business stayed open, even though you brought in the same dollars. Let me give you an example. So we have a, a client who makes the black boxes, avionics boxes that go on army helicopters and jet air, you know, air force planes and everything else. As you might imagine, putting together these black boxes is kind of uh, difficult, okay? It's super high tech stuff, very difficult to do. And there's a lot of intellectual uh, property that goes in there. There's a lot of engineering that goes into making these things that tell the airplanes where they are and helicopters and who to shoot at and all 
I don't even know what they do. Okay. They're just, you know, mystical, mystical, magical, uh, mystical, magical stuff. Okay. These black boxes. Um, because they're so super high tech and they use the chips and et cetera, et cetera. Now, the thing is, during the pandemic, they couldn't get the chips. They couldn't get these, you know, supply chain issues and this and that. They could not get the chips that they were using, the high-tech processor chips. Okay, they couldn't get them. But they didn't want to close up and say to all their engineers, go home and, you know, too bad for y'all. What they did was they kept everybody on and they pivoted. They went from selling you know, from building and engineering and selling these to the army, military, these high-tech avionics boxes to um, selling large quantities of generic chips, memory chips. They could still get them. They had all kinds of contacts, right? And they were using some memory chips anyway. And now what they were doing was this other line of business, right? Which was just selling memory chips to whoever wanted to buy them. As it happened, the amount of dollars that came in the door was greater than when they were selling the avionics boxes, the black boxes. Are you with me on this? So they're selling the black boxes and they were making, say, $100. And now they're selling chips, right? And instead of $100 coming through the door, now you have $200 are coming through the door. But if you're making these black boxes, okay, then a lot of that is the intellectual property that you're using and you're making money on that. Over here with the generic memory chips, you're not making any money, hardly any money, okay? But the dollars coming in the door are greater. So in fact, you've got huge, and this is what was happening to these folks, huge economic dislocation, keeping people on to do nothing basically, to keep them with the paycheck so you kept your workforce which is all what the government wanted, which is exactly what they wanted you to do. Do you see? But you were getting more money in the door. They weren't making any money, right? But the flow of dollars kept, kept up. So they qualify under the second test. Do you see? Instead of being able to do what they did before because of the governmental orders, and that's the other thing you have to have is a governmental order that makes you move in that other direction. So we researched, we found the governmental orders, all the rest of it, they qualify, even though everyone told them, oh, you'll never qualify. They did qualify, as a matter of fact. And that's been our experience with the ERTC over and over again. When we get back, I'll explain exactly what the difference is between the way it should be done and the way it looks like an awful lot of people are, in fact, doing it. You're listening to The David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. David's got the how-to you're looking for. Just call 774-2424. This is the David Carrier Show. We're going to let this play a while because it's like my favorite disco song. Rich. 
Okay. Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney, and this is the place where we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate, and business law. Let me um, lend the call back. She had some additional details. So let me ask you uh, to just, here's a website for you. If you go to www.snapscreener, S-N-A-P screener, S-C-R-E-E-N-E-R.com. Um, and there's a, uh, there's a software tool there that'll help you determine what your uh, eligibility is, okay? And it, it's got all the, you know, income and how much did this cost, how much did that cost? Um, and it gets you down to, uh, gets you down to a number. Um, I made some guesses about your income and what have you, and I came up with uh, $23 a month, same as you did, same as they did. Um, but I don't, obviously, I don't actually know what the numbers are. So go to that www.snapscreener.com and uh, and go ahead and uh, and run it through there. Okay, that's the, the best advice I got for you. Um, just going back now to... I'm going to round out with the uh, this employee retention tax credit. What is it? It was a COVID thing uh, that they started to keep people employed. It was a way to help employers keep workforces intact. Okay. The people that you had working for you, how are we going to keep it intact? And one was, one way they did it, determined eligibility was say, hey, were you taking in taking in fewer dollars than you did before? And there were some tests for that. And it was easy to apply because it's pretty obvious. You look at bank deposits and whatnot, you can figure that one out. More difficult, though, and this is why, um, frankly, this is why I, I got involved, how I got involved. They reached out to me and said, hey, um, can you help us with this ERTC thing? This is one of the big companies that advertises all over the place. Uh, and we're like, yeah, sure, we'll, you know tell us what's going on here. And over the course of a few months, we worked it out, figured it out. Um, and the way it works is there's the numbers, right? And if you pass on the numbers, that's great. No problem. But most people don't because most small businesses didn't just sit there and take it, right? They scrambled around. Like this is what small business people do, right? If you give them you know, lemons, they make uh, margaritas out of them or something. And that's what people were doing. So they, they had a line of business, but because of the governmental orders relating to COVID, they couldn't do that business anymore. So if you're in hospitality, okay, and you had a dine-in and then you went to DoorDash, okay, and the, the government said you can't have more than, you know, 50% occupancy, 25%, 50%, 75% occupancy, you're going to qualify. I know your CPA will tell you you don't qualify, but, well, you know, what do you want from CPA? Um, and they're right. The CPA is correct. You won't qualify on the numbers. Um, but that's only one of the tests. There, there are two tests. And the second one is, did you have to, uh, did you have a full or partial suspension of a line of business? And IRS came out with all kinds of, uh, all kinds of uh, guidance and FAQs and stuff. Uh, that have been routinely thrown out uh, of court because they did not comply with the Administrative Procedures Act, which is how governments make, how our government at least, governmental agencies uh, make regulations. They didn't, they didn't abide to any of that. So we're back to what does the law, you know, it's amazing. It's kind of refreshing actually, because instead of 
wondering, well, how does an administrative agency apply? You know, what what do they? Because <laughs> this is how it works. You know, most of the time, most of the time when you deal with the law, you're not even dealing with the law. What you're dealing with is what did the administrative agency wish that the legislature had done? Okay, and now you get all these regulations, quote unquote, interpreting uh, the law. And actually, in lots of cases, it changes it. The um, the Secure Act with the IRAs and the Secure Reform Act, right? It was so different. What the IRS said the law meant was so different, right? Even the IRS admitted it was different enough that they delayed they delayed uh, enforcement of their regulations. Okay, because it was just so. It was like, what are you talking about? You know, what are you talking about? How does how does that all work? Uh, you know. And they, they said, well, yeah, we can understand why you wouldn't understand why we came up with these regulations because it's different, so different than what the law was. And and like nobody agreed with them. So they backed off, at least for 2023. Now it'll kick in in 2024. Um, it just, I, I, and listen, I'm more than happy to go into detail on that, but I'd lose the other half of my audience. My Even, uh, you know, even my relatives would hang up. Um, if we <laughs> if we went too deep into the numbers, but if you're interested, you know it's a good example of how the law says one thing, the administrative agency, in this case, same administrative agency, the IRS says, well, we wanted them to do this, so here are all these rules, and it's like, wait a second, that's not that's not what this says. That's your that's your putting all kinds of other stuff on there, right? And the courts have let them get away with this for ever in a day, so they still get away with it. But the nice thing and interesting thing about the ERTC has been the courts haven't put up with it. Instead, what they've said is, no, all that stuff that you, the IRS, came up with, you know, on the spur of the moment, in reaction to what Congress did, okay, uh, we're not going to listen to it because you didn't go through, you didn't comply with the rules. You didn't comply with your own rules in terms of putting out these regulations. So we're gonna go back to what does the law actually say? And the good news is for many, many small businesses, and we've dealt with thousands already, um, you know, saving lots of money for the businesses that kept people employed. See, that's the thing. People aren't buying boats with this stuff. People are not, you know, they're not blowing the money. They're using it to keep the people employed, which is the whole idea. It's just that by now you would have thought, hey, we've recovered from the pandemic. Talk to almost any small business person. You'll find out that the pandemic is still with us. The effects of the pandemic are still with, uh, are still with us, okay? And given everything else that's going on, this money really is manna from heaven, if you want to look at it that way, uh, to keep small businesses going, to keep people employed. Very, very important stuff, in my opinion. Give us a call, why don't you? In the meantime, you've been listening to The David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.